Heavenly Father, again, we thank you for this opportunity to be here in this place uh, with your people, but also to be here in this place um, to hear you speak to us through your word. Lord, we recognize that we cannot live this life and do this on our own, that we need you empowering us, strengthening us, and guiding us in this life. And one of the ways you do that is through your word. And so we pray now as we come to your word that you would speak to us clearly and powerfully that um, any fears or anxieties or just distractions, anything that would hinder us from hearing you would be removed so that we could hear you speak to us rightly this morning. Father, we pray that you would open our ears to hear, our eyes to see, and our hearts to receive what you have to say to us this morning. And all God's people said, Amen. All right, Galatians 5, 13 through 26. You, my brothers, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. The entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other, so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. So, um, last week I started off by talking about how Rachel and I have to repeatedly remind our children to put dirty dishes in the dishwasher. And we got done with the sermon and we hung out after church and we locked up the church and we drove home and we walked in and I kind of got a hard time on the way home. And we walked into the house and we looked and sitting on the counter on the table on the table is a dirty dish that was mine. <laughs> I do not know if I will live that one down. You should have heard the hooting and hollering. Oh, dad, you. Yes, I know. <laughs> So, and I was thinking about that. I was kind of giggling about it all week, like, oh man, I got to watch what I say because here I am. And yet I was thinking it really connects with the sermon this week too, because the reality is, is I really do want to do a good job of putting my dirty dishes in the dishwasher. And yet I don't. And my kids actually, they really do want to do a good job cleaning up and putting their dirty dishes in the dishwasher, but 
they don't. They want to do these things, but they don't end up doing them. Why? Because there's a struggle going on inside of us. And, and Paul says in this passage, actually, that in the life of every single Christian, there's a war going on inside of us, a battle going on inside us. He says, the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. So that's what's going on in the life of every single believer. When you, when you believe in Jesus and he forgives your sin and his perfect life, life is credited to you, you're adopted into his family, then you're given the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit lives within you and now you want to follow Christ. You want to live a life that brings him glory and honor and yet you don't do it, do you? We know that we don't do it. And, and he says it's because the sinful nature is not dead in you the sinful nature is there and it's grabbing hold of you and it's trying to pull you back in and the spirit saying no and pulling you back and you have this tug of war going on inside of you between the sinful nature and the holy spirit and that's going to be going on until you die and as i thought about that this week i thought that should give us it's not always thought of as being a very comforting thing right But it should give us a level of comfort because I don't care how long you've been following Christ. I'm sure that there are times when you just get really frustrated that you keep making the same mistake over and over and over and over again, right? Or falling into the same sin over and over. And not only do you get frustrated with it, you kind of begin to just feel depressed and despairing, wondering, when will I ever get freedom? from this. I just keep messing up. I keep falling back into pride. I keep words come out of my mouth that should not be coming out of my mouth. And why do I keep doing this? And Paul says, that's the Christian life is this wrestling match. And so we don't just settle for being just giving into the sinful nature, but he says, find comfort in knowing that that wrestling match is going to be going on until you die. From the point that you believe in Christ to the time that you die, there's going to be this wrestling match. And it's just the reality of what it is. And so rather than be angry and frustrated and depressed or despairing about it, just recognize this is the Christian life, this wrestling match that's going on inside of me. And so, and then you start noticing that the sinful nature is trying to pull you in and trying to pull you in the wrong direction. Recognize, okay, this is what's going on. And so the Spirit's going to help me, and we're going to say no to the sinful nature and turn towards the Spirit and live the Christian life. That's what it is. And so Paul says, you know, in order to help you understand what is sinful nature and what we need to reject and what we need to turn to, he gives us this list of what happens with the sinful nature. And it's, it's kind of small, but I wanted it all on one screen. He says, the acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. And this isn't a comprehensive list, is it? I mean, we can think of, you know, 150 other sinful things that we could do. But Paul says, I'm going to give you a few things 
Because you know what the sinful nature is. It's obvious, actually. You know deep down inside of you, when you're sinning, you know that it's sinful. Because God has written the law on the hearts of all of mankind. And so when you sin, you know it. You're doing it because you kind of want to do it. But he gives us this list and says, kind of look at this list a little bit. Take a moment and and use it like a mirror almost and look at your life and look at, okay, he says the sinful nature is sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, all these different sexual sins. And he says, look at your life and say, are, are those things present in your life? Can you say that all of your sexual desires and they are honoring to God? Can you say that there's no idolatry in your life or hatred or discord or no jealousy? That you've got your anger under control or that you're not, there's no selfish ambition. You're not clawing and scratching your way to the top, trying to get power and influence all the time, that you're not drinking too much and becoming drunk. And are, are those things present in your life? And he says, when you start to see any of these things start to crop up in your life, he says, recognize it for what it is. This is the sinful nature. These are not good. And so resist them in the power of the Holy Spirit. But then he says this last line that kind of makes us all go, what? Right? Especially in the midst of Galatians. Because he's every single sermon that I've preached and every couple of paragraphs, he keeps saying, you are not saved by your works. You're saved by grace through faith, not by any works of your own. And then he says, I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. And you go, Come on, Paul, what are you talking about? I thought, I know I looked through that list of things of the sinful nature, and there are a few of those that I know I'm guilty of, right? I know that some of this is in my life, and now you're telling me I'm not going to inherit the kingdom of God? Who could be saved, right? And yet that's not what he's talking about. It's important to recognize, he he does not say, I warn you, as I did before, that those who do these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's not what he says. He says, those who live like this. He's talking about a way of life. A a characterization of who you are. And so he's talking about when when we are a Christian and we turn to Christ and are forgiven and are following Christ, our lives are then characterized by the Spirit, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But if your life is characterized by acts of the sinful nature... He says, then you need to probably check yourself a little bit. So if someone would look at you and say, boy, that person is just a sexually immoral person. If that's what would characterize you, Paul says, repent of that and turn to Jesus. The same thing he says to anybody who's sinning. If someone would look at you and say, that person is just angry and divisive. If that was what would characterize your life, he says, Repent and turn to Jesus. If you keep living a life like that, you won't inherit the kingdom of God because you were probably never saved in the first place. If, if your selfish ambition and pride is just what is about your life, if that's what characterizes your life, he says, you may not inherit the kingdom of God. So it's a warning, it's, and it's a strong warning that our life should not be characterized by these things. He says, you are called to freedom, brothers. But don't use your freedom to indulge in the sinful nature. 
Rather, serve one another in love. So you are called to freedom, and all of these sinful nature things are only going to bring you away from freedom and bring you back into slavery. And so don't, don't use your freedom to go crawl into another prison. That would be foolish. He says, serve one another in love. And yet we do realize that there's still this battle going on inside of us. We're not going to do it perfectly, are we? And so Christians are still wrestling with, with the spirit and the sinful nature. So we are going to mess up. So you, will, you could look at that list and say, man, I, last week I really blew up at somebody. I got angry at somebody. But then as a Christian, we should feel guilty about it and then go and repent and apologize and turn from it. So you think, yeah, I'm going to mess up, which is why it's really difficult to live in community with one another. In particular, the Christian community. Because you get a whole bunch of people who are doing things together on a regular basis who all have the sinful nature wrestling with them and the spirit wrestling with them and we're going to mess up and we're going to do things that bother someone else. And, and I just, I really like Martin Luther, if you haven't found out. And, uh, and he just, I just like, he says it pretty blunt in his commentary. He says, it cannot be denied that Christians will often offend and be offended. You may see many things in me that offend you. And I see many things in you that I dislike too, <laughs> right? <laughs> That's the reality of it, right? I mean, we can all say that about anyone in here. You could say, look at me, I am not perfect. I'm going to mess up. I'm going to screw up and that's going to happen. But guess what? You got stuff too. And it makes it hard to live in community with one another because we all have this wrestling match going on inside of us. And so Paul says, love one another, serve one another in love. He says, the whole law can be summed up in this single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Because if you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out. Or you will be destroyed by one another. I mean, that's, that's a real danger in the church, isn't it? That there's this tendency, I mean, it's a tendency in all of humanity, it's a sinful nature, but it's there, even in us, in the church, to bite and devour one another. To someone mess up and we pounce on them, we bite them. And then somebody pounces on you for pouncing on them because, well, you judgmental hypocrite, and they jump on them, and then somebody jumps on them for doing that, and all of a sudden we're biting, nibbling, and we're all kind of going at each other and... Paul says, you keep doing that, there's nothing left. You destroy it. You destroy the whole church. You keep doing that. You start looking around and wondering who's more of a serious Christian than the other, who's not serving. We start nibbling at each other and say, well, you're not real. And we start doing that. And he says, you keep doing that, you will destroy the church. And, And as I've been in churches and connected with other pastors in churches and have friends in other churches, I just have to say, that's what destroys churches every time. I'm saying that's at the root of every church that I have seen completely destroyed. I've heard people try to say, well, it's just because our worship wasn't hip enough, our pastor wasn't cool enough, our, you know, we don't have enough young families, we don't have the right programs, all of these things. No, at the core of it is that people started biting and devouring one another until the church just completely was destroyed. They started biting and devouring each other over what kind of worship we have, what kind of programs we have, what kind of pastor we should have. 
But at the core, it was biting and devouring each other, nipping at each other until the church just completely dissolved and was gone. That's what destroys churches. But Paul says that's not what we should do. That's all the sinful nature. What we should do, living in the Spirit, love your neighbor as yourself. Or he says, serve one another in love. And Luther says, we need to bear and forbear with one another in love because you've got issues, I've got issues. And if we don't bear and forbear, it's impossible for love and concord to continue among Christians. If we do not bear with one another in love, there will be no end of dissension, discord, envy, hatred, and malice. If we can't learn to serve one another in love, the church will just be full of dissension, discord, envy, hatred, malice, which are all works of the sinful nature. It's not living in the spirit, it's living in the sinful nature. So Paul says, don't do that, serve one another in love. And in order to do that, we can't just you know, pull ourselves up by the bootstraps and do it because we're not strong enough. We need the Holy Spirit. We need the strength of the Spirit. We need Him guiding. We need Him waging war against our sinful nature. And when we have the Spirit in our lives, then we have the fruit that comes from that. And he says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. A lot different than his list about the sinful nature, isn't it? And it's important, I always like to point this out, that the word fruit is singular. It's not plural. So he doesn't say the fruits of the Spirit. He says the fruit of the Spirit, which means this list is collective. There's one fruit, and that fruit consists of all of these things together. It's different from the gifts of the Spirit, where one person has a gift of music, and another person has a gift of serving, and another person has a gift of... And so you can say, well, I'm not gifted at music, but I'm gifted at serving. Um, You can't do that with the fruit of the Spirit. You can't say, I am just not gifted with patience. I just just, am not going to do it. Thankfully, they're gifted with patience, and so they can deal with me. No. (laughs) Right? No. If you have the Spirit... Guess what fruit's going to start growing in your life? Patience, self-control. You know, you could say, I just don't have the gift. I'm just a, you know, I I can get this. I'm just a blunt guy. I I don't have the gift of gentleness, you know. No, be gentle. Be blunt and gentle, sure. But there's a way to do that, right? But if you have the spirit, you have all of these. There's no picking and choosing any of them. If the spirit is in you, the fruit of the spirit is growing and you will have love Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. You'll have them growing in your life. They're not perfect, like I told the kids. They're fruit. They start off small. And as you mature in Christ and as you grow in your faith, they get bigger and bigger and bigger. And, um, but when you're immature in your faith, these things are pretty small, and we need to have patience with them as well. But what Paul says is if we live and walk in step with the Spirit... And the fruit of the Spirit is in our life. He says that's what a life of freedom looks like. Freedom in Christ. And just just start to imagine. Just take a moment and think, what if your life was characterized by being full of love and full of joy and full of peace and full of patience? I mean, can you see the the freedom that would be? Full of self-control? 
full of gentleness, full of kindness. If, if your life was full of all of these things, that would be an unbelievable amount of freedom to live in. And then take it a step further and start to imagine what it would look like as, those fruit, as this fruit grew in each one of our lives and then we lived that way in community with one another. So we would show up on a Sunday morning and people would see our church and say, wow, that church is full of patience and gentleness. They're not biting one another. They're, just, they're gentle and patient with one another. That's, that's amazing. Or someone would come in and say, man, that church is just full of self-control. They don't just say whatever comes to their mind. They don't just kind of do whatever first comes to their mind. They're thoughtful. There's self-control there. That's really great. What if somebody came into our church and said, wow, that church is just faithful. Nobody worries that they're going to get kicked out of the church for messing up, or we don't have to worry about being kicked out of the church for messing up. They're, they're in this together through thick and thin. You know, we're, we're not going anywhere. They're faithful. You know, if somebody came in and said, wow, that congregation is just full of love and joy. Um, that would be amazing, wouldn't it? That's freedom in the Christian life, but that's the church then that is being not being destroyed and being ripped apart, but it's a church that's going to be united more and more and more and growing in closer to Jesus Christ and, and then glorifying God through everything that we do. That's what he's picturing in here. And yet, we're not going to do that perfectly. You know, it would be great, right? It would be great if we were all perfect, wouldn't it? I mean, we would just be, it'd be freedom and we would be doing all of these things and yet that wrestling match is still here. We're still a bunch of sinners who have the sinful nature and the spirit wrestling with us, and we have to fight that on a regular basis. We can't just kind of go through life and hope that it goes away. No, it's a war that's going on. And, and Paul says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. You see what he's saying there? You've got the Spirit in you. The Spirit's working in you. Now live that way. Like actually take steps to walk in step with the Spirit. You've got to do something. The Spirit's working. He's doing it. But now you've got to take some steps. And one really good step is just to pray regularly and say, Oh, Lord, Holy Spirit, grow this fruit in my life. Help me to become more loving. Help me to become more joyful. Help me to become more patient. Work in my life. Grow these fruit in my life. I can't grow fruit on my own. I can't just go. And then fruit's going to start popping out. I need you. Help me. And then, as you live life and you notice the, the sinful nature pulling at it, you say, no, I'm not going to follow the sinful nature. following the Spirit. I'm going to keep in step with the Spirit. Again, Luther says, here's what you need to say. You're tempted to go with the sinful nature. The sinful nature is pulling on you. You say, I am a sinner. And I feel the sin in me. Because I've not yet put off the sinful nature yet. But I will obey the Spirit and not my sinful nature. I will make sure. I will not do this. By faith. And hope I will lay hold upon Christ and by his word I will raise myself up and I will not do what my sinful nature desires. See, that's faith and hope and God's word and the Holy Spirit. He's resting on all of those things and saying, I'm going to use every tool in my toolbox and say, no, I'm not going to follow the sinful nature. I'm not going to follow this. I'm going to live out. I'm going to walk in step with the Spirit. And we need to do that in our personal lives and we need to do that in our congregational lives as well. Because you will be tempted to bite and devour somebody. I just, it's going to happen. 
Somebody's going to do something that really ticks you off. And, and you're going to want to go snap on, latch on, you know. And, and Luther says, no, you say by my faith and by hope, I'm going to lay hold upon Christ and by the word, and I will not bite and devour that person. I will love them. I'll have patience with them. I will have gentleness with them. I will have kindness toward them. I will have self-control. I will hold on to that. Spirit, help me so that I do not bite and devour that person. Because biting and devouring only leads towards destroying the church. But walking in step with the Spirit leads toward building up a church. And so if we bite and devour and complain and nitpick and all of that, that doesn't that never helps anybody. Rather, he says, serve one another in love. So don't nitpick and do all that kind of stuff. That's bite. He says, go up to that person and then maybe disciple them. Serve them. Equip them. Help them become more Christ-like. If you see them in sin, walk up to them and don't just attack them. Say, how can I help you? How can I serve you in love and walk you closer to Christ? Because biting and complaining just leads to destruction. But serving one another in love and the fruit of the Spirit is what builds up the church. So we should look to the Spirit who guides us and empowers us, resist our sinful nature, and walk in the Spirit in our personal lives, but in this congregation as well, and watch God build his church. Let's pray. Lord, we come before you and recognize our own weakness and and frailty and how easily we fall back into sin and how easily we allow the sinful nature to grab hold of us and, and pull us away from you. Lord, we ask your forgiveness through that and we ask your spirit to continue to empower us and strengthen us and guide us in this life so that we would glorify you more and more, that we would see the fruit of the spirit grow in our lives. Lord, give us strength to resist our sinful nature and to walk in step with your spirit. Father, give us strength to do that as we interact with one another in this congregation, that you would when tempted to bite and devour, that you would strengthen us and point us back to you, that we would serve one another in love. And then, Lord, may you build this church and continue to draw us closer to you. And may you be glorified through everything we say and do here. And all God's people said, Amen.